and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle. Me, Alex Sharples. Bongiorno, me, Lewis Brindle. He's back. He's back after much deliberation. Me and Sharples decided to renew Lewis's contract. Mm. What have you got to? <laughs> what have you got to say for yourself after after your, your two week absence, Lou? Um, feeling good, feeling refreshed. Uh, the Russell Wilson and Cole Komet takes are well and truly left behind. Uh, I'm ready to go. Let's ride. Oh. No. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's get straight into it. With some week four reactions, uh, just up top, we'll just quickly mention that Thursday night game. T. Higgins went off. The story, though, was Tua. It, not nice to see. So, what other games caught your eyes, lads? Um, as, um, as shocking as it was, it was the Lions versus the Seahawks. Um, Lions have been a surprisingly good offense, but I thought without Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, it'd be a bit of a bit of a stale game. But 48-45, potentially the highest scoring match we're going to see all season. Not necessarily a good match because you know I like to see some defense in there. But um, yeah, 48 to 45 and a lot of points scored. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations if you have pieces in that game. Commiserations if you have Amon Ross and DeAndre Swift on your team because that was frustrating. Gino QB two on the week, Goff QB one on the week, DK and Jamal with nice games, Rashad Penny two, Hawkinson though, come on, unbelievable, one for seven, one absolute madness, one seven nine and two, thirty nine point nine fancy points, and that's bumped him up to the tight end three on the season, which speaks volumes (laughs) to obviously we're early in the season, but it speaks volumes to that the state of affairs there. I just feel like the the game that sticks in my mind for whatever reason is the London game. Maybe it's because it was like a novelty watching it at that time. And it was very nice to see Justin Jefferson go off 10 for 147. But in all honesty, this that Vikings defense uh, offense, sorry, looks so sloppy. The bad in the red zone, the offensive line looks terrible. Cousins is going to get sacked a lot this season. But what are we thinking about Dalvin Cook, lads? Because we were concerned about him a few weeks ago. Sharples was in the jacuzzi. It was it was it was boiling over when he was in there talking about Dalvin Cook. What what are we feeling now? I don't know. I think that like it's a difficult one with Cook because it's sort of um, it's sort of spelling that sort of thing you don't want to see in like the the age in running back in that. He is getting the work that he usually gets, but the efficiency metrics just aren't there. I do think he will pull it back. Um, I, you know, the explosiveness is still there, even if it's not as often as we do see it. But you know, he can—he's busting a few runs the other day that were that were pretty nice, pretty vintage cook. So I have faith. I, I you know, I wouldn't. Maybe it's maybe it's less worrying and more reassessing what he is to your team yeah I mean full season I'm not entirely sure although um, this week as you'll find out later uh, I think he'll have a good week Um, so but yeah I I do agree Lou Um, he's definitely having that workload it's just yeah is um, does that workload matter as much anymore because it, it definitely doesn't look quite like the Dalvin Cook we've seen in previous years 
Speaking of players we've seen in previous years, though, Chargers Texans. It was a game for the running backs. Damian Pierce had a nice one, but Eckler finally was this bin. You know what I mean? RB one on the week, bunch of receiving work as well. It's kind of about time that happened. Uh, on these running backs, what other running backs impressed you this week? What other ones have finally showed you something, Lou? Uh, McCaffrey was back on track this week, I think. He looked like vintage McCaffrey. Eckler, of course. I think Austin Eckler heard all of the fancy football voices slagging him off and decided to actually wake up and do some of Josh Jacobs, as well, is carving out a really nice role um at the Raiders even more so than previous years like we thought we'd come into this year with Josh McDaniels and it'll be like you know the Patriots you know next man up um sort of deal at running back but he is the guy more so than even previous years like he looked really good um and and yeah like for me it was just another it, it was a week it was a week of people getting back on track Really? Yeah, I'd have to echo the uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, 145 yards, two touchdowns, five receptions for 31. Absolute stormer of a game. Um, and yeah, and and yeah, and the thing is, they won. Yeah, doing that. Finally. So that, but that tells you all you need to know. Like, if if the coaching staff has anything about him, they'll be they'll look at the the film and be like, all right, we won giving this guy the ball because he's good. Yeah, and speaking of teams who didn't win doing a certain thing, though, Russell Wilson finally popped off a bit in a loss. Listen, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, i've I've got a I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a thing about the Broncos this week because you know my my takeaway from from the week was sort of twofold. It was it was about offenses, about painful offenses, and about surprisingly consistent offences. The painful offences are the Colts and the Broncos who just happen to be Thursday night football. I have too many pieces in that game and I'm terrified. But um, yeah, Russell Wilson, he did look nice. You know, he was throwing those downfield balls that you want to see. Cortland Sutton still looked great. Cortland Sutton has been good for fantasy all year, even though Russell's been a bit awful. Um and uh, but yeah, the Broncos are just a bit painful on offense. So are the Colts. We'll see how that works out in the Peyton Manning Bowl on Thursday. Is that what you're calling it? I was calling it the Horse Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we talk okay. about the Colts for a second though? Because again, the Jonathan Taylor usage was baffling. Okay, he had he had 20 carries in this game. Three point three fantasy points he ended up on because they weren't giving it to him in the red zone. And he's got he got banged up. Michael Pittman six point one fantasy points. I said last week that it's not nice having these players for fantasy, but since we are concerned with fantasy, I'm gonna spoiler lads for some questions that we're gonna ask in a few minutes. They are my worst team in the league, the Colts, hmm. just because of how Ooh. painfully awful it is to watch them, especially if you have fantasy pieces on their offense. It's just I didn't I, I can't fathom how it's got worse. But it has. Um, but listen, the thing is, I understand what you're saying with Michael Pittman. But what you got to remember is Mo Ali Cox completely stole Michael Pittman's touchdowns this week <laughs> out from his very hands. Like Mo Ali Cox had no business getting two touchdowns. But the tight end, the other tight end, the week before 
then? Are we saying that he stole Michael Pittman's touchdowns that week? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, the Bills and the Ravens game, to me, was pretty disappointing for fantasy, uh, considering what we were expecting, and because the Ravens got off to a red-hot start, and they just stalled, like, literally after the first quarter. Uh, nice to see Dobbins mm-hmm. back on there, though, I'll be honest with you. And the the Chiefs, obviously, great win. They looked unstoppable, but this kind of probably the, the best I've seen the Bucks offense play this year as well. I thought it, it, there was mm-hmm. there was signs of life there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Evans doing Mike Evans stuff, eight for one or three and two. But, well, the, go on. I mean... While you're talking about these teams that looked nice, I I just want to springboard to that other point that I was going to raise about surprisingly consistent scoring teams. You know, not the ones you'd expect. Obviously, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Baltimore—they've been going off this year. But right, um, there's four other teams as well as those in the top eight in terms of points per game, and they're not really ones you might expect. Okay, so you've got Cleveland. Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Detroit. All of those teams don't have a winning record, right? And Detroit leads the league in total offense. Offense. Points and yards per game. It's no coincidence that if you have players on these teams, even though they aren't great, you're Cleveland, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Detroit, you're happy. Yep. You know, you're know, you pretty bloody happy with what, what you're seeing from these guys. I just think that's quite interesting that you've got... You've got these four teams who are like who are a bit of afterthoughts, but the 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 putting up points. The 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 Cleveland and Atlanta ones are surprising because we've said on this podcast how well we think Jacksonville are playing and how fun we think Detroit are, but I'm surprised to hear the Browns and the Falcons in there. I've got one other team which I want to focus on, but Sharples, what what other things that we've not mentioned yet stood out to you this past week? Um, I think the 49ers, um, shutting down the Rams, um, mm-hmm. obviously the Rams haven't started brilliantly, but I mean, come on, they won the Super Bowl last season. Uh, they've got some, well, what we thought were great pieces, certainly great pieces last year. I think it's coming down to the fact that, you know, Matt Stafford is so overly reliant on Cooper Cup. If he can't find him, he clearly doesn't trust Allen Robinson. Um, the running back scenario is just complete dead space. Um, the only real beneficiary of it's, of it's been Tyler Higby, but yeah, I think just how you know how bad the Rams looked really. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I have to echo that, and I know you're going to say the same, Al. It's exactly I, where I, I was going. The Rams yeah, have been sloppy. They've been sloppy yeah. on both sides of the ball. Right. The thing is with the Rams as well, they're ranked 32nd against fantasy defenses. That means that means that the the Rams' offense are one that you want to target with your defense and special teams. Yeah. How mad is that? Yeah, and you still don't want to play against Cooper Cup for some reason. Just I suppose he just gets the yardage in. But just just reassure me, lads, we're dropping Alan Robinson, aren't we? I'm not because he was dropped two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely drop him if yeah. you haven't dropped him already. Yeah. Um, let's... Uh, Let's sure uh not buying it win of the week. Lou, what's yours? My not buying a win of the week is the Cardinals. Um Cliff Kingsbury isn't gonna be there next year. 
they look really bad to start games and the only reason that staying in games and potentially winning games is when Kyler Murray ad-libs and goes off script because he has the talent to do so um, not buying the Cardinals win Sharps uh, for me it's the Seahawks um, mainly just the scale of the win I mean 48 points do not expect them to put that up every week it's a very murky offence it was just a very good week for them yeah, mm-hmm. and I am going to second that Seahawks one because everyone puts up points against the Lions. Uh, impressive win. Mm. Lou? Uh, I think the Chiefs Chiefs looked incredible. They looked like they were going to score on every play. Looked amazing. Patrick Mahomes is just insane. Yeah, um, the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs also. How about you, Sharples? Uh, I went for the Niners purely just the fact that they completely, um, whether you can argue it's the Rams' fault, they shut down the Rams and, and look pretty decent offensively as well, which they don't always do. So, yeah, Rams for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not Rams. <laughs> Niners for me. Yeah, and who's the worst team in the league? You know I've said it's the Colts. Lou? The Panthers, just awful. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, Baker Mayfield's crap. He's always been crap and he's still crap. Shots. I've shifted slightly. I've gained some newfound respect for the Bears' defense. It's now the Washington Commanders. One and three, absolutely terrible. Very nice, very nice. Accountability, that's what we love. That's what we always say we love on this podcast. I did what I threatened to do last week. I created a spreadsheet of our, of our player picks on weekly. And um, before we get into how ours did last week, just going to give you a snapshot of how we're looking at the moment. Obviously, Lou, we've only got two weeks worth of yours, but you've you've got one hit so far. I should explain the rough criteria is a hit is three points above average projection and a miss is five points below average projection. So we're being quite yeah. nice there. And anything in the middle is mm, just... Generous. Anything in the middle is just nothing. And even though we are being quite generous, Lou, you've only hit on one person and it was Pat Frymuth in week one. Um, couple of misses in your last week. Surprise, surprise! It was Russell Wilson and Cole Komet. <laughs> uh, I, 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 might have been spotted around. Definitely, we'll get into it. But I had a nice week this past week. Uh, but Sharples leading the way so far, averaging at least two hits per week before this week just gone. Mm. Uh, very nice start from you, Sharples. Uh, you'd only had one miss before this week, but we'll get into that right now, shall we? Shapples, start me. Start me with that um, that miss that you had at wide receiver uh, wide receiver last week. Yeah, unfortunately, one of one of three misses. Just not a great week for me. Um, it was Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. Unfortunately, I'd been sold the dream that despite the facts that um, despite reports that um, Zach Wilson would play, it might actually be Joe Flacco still. Ultimately, this didn't happen. Led to only two receptions for Garrett Wilson. Although six targets, to be fair, isn't the worst. Hopefully, he can build some chemistry with Zach Wilson going forward. And I do still see him as a viable asset. But, yeah, not a great week this week. Yeah. I I hit. This was one of my hits on DK Metcalf. Best game of the season so far. Seven for... 149, 21.9 fantasy points. And he did that even with being able to go for a mid-game dump as well. So you always <laughs> you always love to see it. Chappells, remind us who your quarterback was, but I will say it wasn't a miss. It was just a nothing. 
the uh, it was Jacoby Brissett, uh, the Cleveland Browns. He didn't didn't tank your week, but it wasn't the performance I was hoping for. Uh, Two hundred thirty four yards, no touchdowns, uh, and an interception. You know, if he throws a touchdown there, it's a solid week, but unfortunately he didn't. And he only rushed for 16 yards, which really sort of capped his ceiling. Um, should have done more against the soft Falcons defense, but didn't. So, yeah, not uh, not a great one for Brissett. Yeah, and I'm going to continue to bathe in the glory. Brady, 25.4 fantasy points, 385 yards, three touchdowns, just the one turnover. I said last week, go and get Brady because it was going to be a turnaround week for him. And sure enough, this is him for the rest of the season now. If you've not got him, it's probably too late. The weapons are back. Great to see my MVP, Chris Godwin, back out there and targeted so much. So, yeah, I um, I don't think we're going to be able to pick Brady in this segment many more times. But you did have one hit last week, Sharples. It was, uh, it was your tight end, wasn't it? It was a beautiful blonde angel by the name of Zach Ertz, tight end for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, my only saving grace this week, uh, six receptions, 47 yards, and a very nice touchdown uh, for a duty 17 points from the tight end position, which, as we know, is actually worth 200 points for anyone else. Yeah. So uh, really, yeah. I really have won the, True. won the week there. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, that means Njoku scored about at least 90 points then. Uh, he got 9.7 fantasy points. Very passable at the tight end position, but maybe maybe I'm pumping the brakes on that Njoku breakout. Um, sorry to do this to you, Sharps, but finish us off with the running back. Yeah, we, we entered the twilight zone with this one. Uh, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was just a very strange game, you know, for anyone who wasn't named Jamal Agnew, who grabbed both of the touchdowns scored by the Jags offense. Robinson only had eight carries. He wasn't targeted at all in the passing game. Trevor Lawrence only made 11 completions. So it was just a bad week to take the the Jags offense. Christian Kirk was terrible as well. Um, and yeah, to be fair, the Eagles looked you know look, look good defensively. So yeah, just, just a bad week to pick a Jaguars player. Yeah, I mean, I'd be... I'd be putting James Robinson in the lineup every week, regardless. But yeah. mine was Jamal Williams, no brainer. He was in that high scoring game. He had 24 fantasy points, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Caught a pass as well, but I, I, I did feel for sure he'd be more involved in the passing game. But predictably, solid fantasy game, solid fantasy player, and a must start whenever Swift is out. Lads, it was. A pretty bad week for injuries. Um, most notable injury first, of course, Javante Williams. ACL done amongst other knee injuries. Um, he's out for the season. It's rubbish because literally like five minutes before this injury happened, you literally saw the Broncos coaching staff just give up on Melvin Gordon. That was it. <laughs> no, literally, you look at at how much Javante was on the field after Melvin Gordon had another fumble. Is it four or five on the season now? Like, mate, it, if you expect anything from your vet, veteran running back, it's to hold on to the ball. So it, it's it's crazy that it coincided with them seemingly giving him the workload. But yeah, Javante's done for the season. Um, you're going to have to find value elsewhere at running back. We'll go through that in the next segment. But... Jonathan Taylor also picked up an ankle injury. He's out. He had a short week. He plays in the Thursday night game, or he would have played in the Thursday night game. T. Higgins 
ankle injury as well, but he is questionable. I think he'll play. Uh, Rashad Bateman, foot injury. This is a bit more like game time decision I'm hearing. And Traylon Burks, promising rookie for the Titans, even if the the stat sheet doesn't say that. He has looked pretty good, but toe injury, it looks like he's going to miss some time. Um, Tua, of course, as you'd hope, he's out for this next week. And kind of out of nowhere, I don't remember seeing this one. Maybe it's because I, I kind of avoid watching the Falcons, absolutely. But Cordero mm. Patterson placed on IR and he doesn't with a knee injury and he doesn't really sound like a very nice one either. So he could miss a big chunk of time. We'll get onto the ramifications of that in our waiver section. But on these injuries, you've got like Montgomery, Swift, Kamara, Javante, Keenan Allen, Dak Prescott. These are all some names of people that have already missed games this year or are going to miss games in the future. And the thing with injuries is obviously they can happen any time and each injury is different, each player is different, so there's no universal way of dealing with injuries on your roster. Um, because some people get ruled out ahead of time, some get ruled out just before the game. So we just want to share and discuss some of the best courses of action that we found when dealing with injuries on our teams. Um, Lou, what what would you do if you had kind of a, a big injury on your team? Well, I was thinking about this particularly in uh, in the case of Johnny Williams, and I think what I came up with was sort of like embrace sacrifice in your team. You know, look at where you have depth, look at positions you can stream, and be willing to sacrifice. So, when you lose a key piece on your roster, it can put your squad off balance a bit especially if you don't have depth at that position. So take Javante Williams. Say you're on a team that had Javante as an RB2, um, then you went pretty hard on wide receivers in those middle rounds of the draft. You know, you're pretty you're pretty stacked at wide receiver. Now you're starting, wide, you're starting running back two is out and you've not really got a reliable replacement week to week. You could try and ride it out relying more on that solid wide receiver core, especially if you're in a PPR, but... If you want to replace Javante with someone who you can confidently play week to week, you have to be willing to trade away players that you like on your roster um, and look at where you have depth in your squad. That's where you need to sacrifice. So if you have multiple wide receivers that you like, trade one of them. It doesn't matter if it's your wide receiver too. You know, In order to shore up your starting team, which is what is going to win you the week's, You've got to sacrifice some of these players, you know. You, the bench players, they might be nice to look at and you might be proud of picking them in the draft, but they're not going to win you a championship. Um, and also, take players from positions on your team that you can stream, like quarterback and tight end. If you have a really good quarterback, you know, if you have Kyler Murray, he's he has been good for fantasy, but then you lose Javante Williams. If running back's more important to you, trade Kyler Murray because you can stream quarterback. Yeah, it's uh, reshuffling your roster is a point that I was going to bring up. Like, reshuffling and thinking about trades. Luckily, the trade I mentioned last week involving my team and Leonard Fournette, it looks a lot better now because it's on a roster where I had Javante Williams. If I hadn't have made that move last week, I would be looking, actively looking for trades this week to replace Javante. But what what would you do, Sharps? I mean, I don't have anything uh, super sophisticated to add to it. All I'd say is that I was in this position this week because I have 
Cordero Patterson. I drafted him literally in every league I'm in. Uh, love the man. Um, and all I'd say is there are very few backups that are rostered. So if you can go and get the backup, go for it. I saw Tyler Algier was there. I was fortunate. Well, double-edged sword in that I lost this week. I was relatively high up the uh, waiver pick. Saw Algier, took him straight away. I tend to find that in the past I've had success with that. Whenever Dalvin Cook's gone down, picked up Madison. He was really good. Uh, last year, McCaffrey went down and picked up Shuba Hubbard. He was good. So, yeah, if the backup's there, take him. Yeah, that's that's just a clear and obvious one, especially if, like you say, if you've got like a Madison who you know is a backup, who you know is going to come in and not necessarily be a replica of the running back that's out, but be a pretty decent version of them. I would also say that if you have a questionable player on your roster, check when they play. You know, check when they play because it's a lot easier to find a pivot option for someone playing on Thursday or in the early window Sunday than someone playing on a Monday night, you know. And that also goes with just in general, never put your Thursday night plays in your flex because you need that flexibility to move around in case of injuries. Well, it's waiver time again, heading into week five. Players that are rostered in less than 50% of leagues that we think should be picked up uh, and either played or stashed on your teams. Sharples, who do you want to add this week? Uh, So I've gone for two wide receivers this week. The first one uh, is George Pickens of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, It's it's a bit of a, to be honest, it's a bit of a tough time to take him because his next four games are the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins and the Eagles, all of whom have... Pretty good defences and secondary units, which isn't promising. But from what I saw, um, you know, Kenny Pickett looks like he's taken over the starting job and he looked like he was targeting Pickens quite a lot. Pickens looked good when he was throwing in the ball. Um, and so, odd time to get him, but I think with the changing quarterback, potentially the, the best time to get him. Or, you know, maybe wait a couple of games. If he's not available, someone might drop him if he doesn't have a good game against the Bills or the Buccaneers and take him then. But yeah, I think one for the one for the rest of the season will be George Pickens. Luke? Um, keeping it simple, Mike Boone, Denver Broncos running back. You you just got to see, you got to see what they have there. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's going to pick up the majority of the workload, but Mike Boone's there. He's been rostered for a while at Denver. Um, pick him up, see what they've got. He's rostered in no leagues, and that will change drastically after this week. So, I'd pick up Mike Boone and just see what see what you've got there with him. Yeah. Uh, my first one's going to be Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback. I, I got a notification yesterday on my phone from The Athletic, and it was an article, and the title was, Can Geno Smith win NFL MVP? No. The answer <laughs> is never in a million years, no. But he's playing some really nice football. He's completing 77% of his throws, which is pretty crazy. Crazy good. Uh, he's over a 1,000 yards, only thrown two interceptions. Okay, the six throwing touchdowns, they're not amazing, but he did rush for a touchdown this past week, and he does have that capability. He's the QB9 on the season. You know, he's got some juicy matchups coming up too. Arizona twice, Giants, Chargers, all in the next five weeks. If I had someone like Matthew Stafford, I would definitely be picking up Geno and pivoting him to him for a few of those games, I would say. Sharples, who's the next wide out that we should pick up? 
Uh, I've gone for Corey Davis uh, of the New York Jets. Uh, I was amazed to see he's, he's right around the the, uh, the wide receiver 24 mark, which is pretty incredible, seeing as a, he's a free agent in, I think, every league that I'm in. Um, he looked like Zach Wilson's go-to guy down the stretch um, in the last match. Um, I think in the last drive alone, he threw to me he, three or four times and got three receptions. So I think now's a good time to grab him. I think he might appreciate in value and he might see an increase in targets. So, yeah, Corey Davis of the Jets. Lou? I think you should pick up Zay Jones, Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver. He's already rostered in about 35% of leagues, but might have been forgotten about because he missed last week. Jamal Agnew, as previously mentioned, had an unreal game filling in for Jones. So basically, they're Jones' points. Um, Jones has been really good um, when he's played. I just think he's a really good pickup, a really sort of surefire flex if you're in a PPR league especially. Yeah, Zay Jones. Nice. I like Zay Jones. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Algier. Now, I did mention him in this segment a few weeks ago, but he's still not rostered anywhere. And as we mentioned before, Cornell's been put on IR. Sharples has just said he picked up Algier as well. The rookie's got a serious opportunity here. Damien Williams is already on IR. He's going to miss at least another two games. And Algier has a chance to really, really carve himself a role in this offense. You know, admittedly, well, I, I didn't think the Falcons were a high-powered offense, but Lou's proved us wrong there. Oh, yeah, they absolutely... Well, one, of the, one of the top eight. One of the top the eight offenses. Top of the so it's one of the top... Eight offences in the league, and they run the ball all the time. It's definitely to the detriment of the pass catchers, but they run the ball 55% of the time. Only Chicago runs the ball more than the Falcons do. So, Algier's got a real chance. Pick him up. I can't believe he's not being picked up in more places. Even if even if you pick him up and he looks terrible, sometimes... You need to pick up the opportunity, and this guy has got tons of it. Yeah, I that that's that's the sentiment I have for Mike Boone as well. Yeah, pick up opportunity, chase opportunity, especially if you're in the deep league. You really need to chase opportunity because all those really skilled, really talented players are gone. They're all rostered, so the best you can hope for really is opportunity. That's why. I don't know about you lads, but whenever I am looking for, say, a wide receiver on the wave wire, I filter by targets. I filter by average targets mm-hmm. a game, yeah. you know. Yeah, so yeah. same. Don't filter by, don't necessarily filter by points. Obviously, if they scored no, then don't don't bother. But filter by opportunities, filter, you know, attempts, targets. Because, you know, especially with wide receivers, good players demand targets. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, get those players added this week. Starting to look ahead to week five now. We're going to hit you with some players that we think you should start. Specific players, uh, player picks of the week. But, of course, we don't want to leave out those guys that we think should be locked into your lineup. Guys that you just look at and you think... Forget about it. So at quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Herbert, Brady, and Burrow. Forget about it. <laughs> Running back, Saquon, McCaffrey, 
Chubb, Henry, Eckler, Mixon, Fournette, and Aaron Jones. Forget about it! <laughs> Wide receivers, Cup, Adams, Hill, Jefferson, Diggs, Chase, Lamb, Amon Ra, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Hollywood Brown. Forget about it! And, as usual, the shortest list of all, the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller. Forget about it! No cow pits on there this week. Um, give us a give us a thought on this guy, because I am stumped. Listen, I mean, years and years in the league, right, We've we keep seeing... These guys, these athletic tight ends that people keep saying, oh, they're going to be great, they're going to be fantastic, and they, they, they're just not utilised to the potential that people see them having. Gerald Everett, I know he's having an all right year, but he was one of them. Chris Herndon, who used to be at the Jets, was one of them. You know, these guys who people say, but give them the opportunity, and they'll be, they're not getting the opportunity. So I'm really worried Kyle Pitts is going to turn into one of those guys who... Is a what if? Sharples, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think it's just the fact that you know we, we want to view them as wide receivers, but the fact is they are tight ends. They're expected to block um, and do the dirty stuff, and you know if, if they don't do that well, then you know that tends to be a mark against them. So I think it's just yeah that there's, there's very few that that actually fit into that wide receiver role, such as your, your Mark Andrews and your Kelsey, and yeah, it's just a purely utilization thing because the talent's all there. Yeah, and and perhaps people might have noticed that there was a a Steelers running back missing from the running back section, or maybe it's just as likely that they didn't uh, realise that Najee Harris wasn't there this week. Yeah, well, um, I mean, with Najee Harris, he really should be in the section, because if you're talking about your bench spots, then insert forget about it. That's Najee Harris. Najee Harris is on your bench for the foreseeable future. I don't know how you can, though, with the draft capital. Like, the, the, there's a high percentage chance that he is your running back one. Like, I, Well, more percentage than he's, than he's your running back two. So you can't bench him. Can you? Mm. Um, out of principle, yes. Well... On to the gems that we're going to pick out, though. Our week five player picks. Where do you want to start? Lou, I'll let you start, and you can pick any position that you want. Well, as we spoke about tight ends just then, I'll, I'll go tight end. Um, I'm going with Dallas Goddard this week. Um, he's been very involved in the offense so far this season. It's a great matchup against the Cardinals, who are awful. Um, and, you know, Cardinals, for some... I, I remember in 2019, the Cardinals were, for whatever reason, so unbelievably bad against tight ends. Well, guess what? His, history's repeating itself, and the Cardinals are once again dead last against tight ends. Yeah. You want to target them with your tight ends. Um, so, and, and Dallas Goddard is a really good player. Uh, add to that... Kyler Murray, who, as I mentioned before, keeps games alive. He he can score points for the Cardinals. So as bad as it might look at times, they they have been keeping in these games. Um, 
And I think he does that this week. I think this turns into a competitive game where the Eagles are going to have to score plenty of points. You know, there we go. Dallas got it. He's right there. He scored last week, only got one touchdown on the season, along with 16 catches from 20 targets through four weeks. They're decent numbers for tight ends. Um, and I think this I think this week he has his best game of the season so far. Yeah, I remember that a few years ago where the Cardinals because like TJ Hawkinson had a monster game in like his second NFL game I remember I remember streaming Will Disley against him in 2019 and I know Will Disley's back and he's really good but back then he was nothing and I just streamed him and he scored like two touchdowns or something like it's because the Cardinals I I don't know maybe maybe every three years they just Forget about tight ends. I don't know. <laughs> Sharples, give me a tight end that's going to score two touchdowns this week. Uh, I'm not sure I can do that, but I've gone for uh, Tyler Higby of the LA Rams. Uh, I'm not expecting him to have the same week as he did last week because he had an absolute mammoth 14 targets. Um, but with the offense sputtering in the way it is, I think he's, he's a really nice safety blanket for Stafford. Dallas have some good pass rushers, and I think it'll force more of those quick dump-offs. Um, so I think a good amount of targets for Higby, uh, high floor, and yeah, I think it should be a solid week for him. Sweet, nice. Uh, I'm going to go Dawson Knox. This is based more on like a feeling uh, than anything else, and that, that feeling is I, f- I feel like he's due a touchdown. You know, he's not been amazing so far, but he's averaging five targets a game over the past three weeks, which we take from your tight end, who's not one of the top guys. So he's got an okay floor, but the ceiling hasn't been there yet, especially seen as like he, he was drafted. He was a drafted tight end. Um, but it's it's a pretty nice matchup against the Steelers. They've not been great against tight end. Jameson Crowder just broke his ankle this past weekend and... McKenzie is in the concussion protocol and he's questionable to play. So there's there's going to be targets to be had this weekend and I think Knox grabs a few of them and one of them being in the end zone. Let's go up to quarterback though, Lou. Who've you got? Jameis Winston. Now, he is questionable, um, so bear that in mind. But, you know... Saints play the Seahawks this week, whose secondary should be an absolute treat for the Saints wide receivers. Um, the Seahawks are allowing the most yards per attempt in the league, and the Saints just so happen to be top eight in yards per reception at eleven point eight. So we could see some really long receptions and some bo- some some bomb touchdowns in this game. You know, that's what. In Tampa Bay, that's what Jameis Winston was known for. He was known for slinging it. Um, And again, I know I talk about this a lot with every game, but the Seahawks have actually been able to move the ball, so it it could be a competitive game. And the point is that you want players in these competitive games. So I think this should shape up to be an all right game with the Saints being able to sling it about. Yeah, nice. Sharples? Broncos country. <laughs> what? What? I After all of the nonsense, few, I get. A ruffle a few feathers. I've gone for danger, Russ Wilson. 
had a huge week last week, and I'm thinking it could continue against a very poor Colts defense that's also missing some star pieces like Shaq Leonard. 237 yards, two touchdowns, and he also used his legs a little bit for 30 yards. I think with the injuries to Williams and Gordon, he might get a little bit of opportunity to run a bit more, uh, which we all know is great fantasy points. The only thing to note, he's questionable with a uh, shoulder injury, Um, but if he plays, I'm looking for a good week for him. Russ Wilson, unlimited. Shocking. It's really, it's it's shocking. I, th- I think Sharples wanted to pick Wilson last week, but he just wanted to wait till you went back, Lou. He just wanted to wait till you were back Got to yeah. rub it in your face. Got yeah, so, okay. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go Jared Goff. Um, Goff should be rostered, if not started weekly in fantasy. He's the QB5. Um, and that is because the Lions score the most points in the league and the Lions give up the most points in the league. Um, I, I have to say, I'm. I get shivers whenever I I, I realise that I, I'm saying start Jared Goff, but I'm just going to close my eyes and and ride last week's performance. I think because he's got a great matchup against New England. Um, that defense certainly isn't the force it used to be, and with Mac Jones being out, I think the Lions win this game. You know, Amam Ra is going to be back. He'll catch a touchdown in this one. Hawkinson is the new Kelsey. Goff for MVP. Brackets of this game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice way of getting out of that stupid sentence. Uh, wide receiver, Lou. I'm going Chris Godwin. Uh, Tampa Bay. Looks like they're going to be back to full strength on offense, firing on all cylinders against the Falcons, who don't scare you all on defense. Godwin had 10 targets last week, along with 83% of offensive snaps. That's just second to Mike Evans um, in the wide receiver room and well ahead of Russell Gage and Julio Jones. He's a week healthier. Um, Chris Godwin's elite. I think, I think he returns to sort of the stature of Al's fantasy MVP pick, Chris Godwin. Um, and yeah, the books had a bit of a statement loss last week, so I think they're going to come out and try and make a statement win. Nice. Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. Very happy, as you just said, Lou, to see Chris Godwin back out on the field. Sharples? Uh, I've gone for Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Um his targets in the last three games have been absolutely staggering considering where he was drafted, um, 11, 11, and 8. Uh, I feel like he slips down the board every year, but he always ends up you know, around that top 24, top 30 mark. He was an absolute darling for me last season with some of the big plays. The Saints' defense are flashy and they get sacks, but they've allowed a lot of, lads, a lot of yards this year. And I think that Marshawn Latimer will probably be focused on DK Metcalf in this match. So, yeah, I think a nice week for a sneaky little Tyler Lockett. Oh, nice. We're going back-to-back Seahawks uh, wide receivers with my pick of Metcalf last week. Mm. Okay, risky, risky. I like it, though. I did not realise Tyler Lockett had had that many targets. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, I'm going to go Robert Woods. As we mentioned, Burks, he's going to miss some time. And his injury really coincided with Woods establishing himself in the offence over the past few weeks. There's, There's not much really to say about Woods other than that, the fact that he's vital to this offence, you know. Derek and Derek Henry, he just can't catch a ball. Um so Woods should be the main main target. Well he will be the main target and he'll uh 
he'll get open a lot against a pretty bad Commanders secondary this week. So um, Bobby Trees is going into my lineup, uh, and we'll round off with running back Lou. I'm going to go Raheem Mostert for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I'm just riding the trend here. His snap count and attempts have gone up each week. Uh, it seems like they have made him the primary runner. Uh, he's got more rushing attempts than his backfield teammate, Chase Edmonds, in the last three weeks. You know, not just last week when he had 15 attempts. You know, he's he's eclipsed Edmonds in since week two. Um, and th- this makes sense considering Mossett's history with Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, who used to be the offensive coordinator at San Francisco when Mostert was there. Uh, but Mostert's also used in the passing game, you know, through four games. Mostert has six catches. Edmonds only has eight, you know, so Edmonds isn't this, you know, he's not the passing down guy and, and, and stuff like that. The guy who's, who, who's like you, uh, I don't know, your Tony Pollard, your Nick Chubb, the guys who are used as a bit more of a reliable pass catcher like they use both of these guys in the same way um myself and many people drafted Edmonds higher but does seem like he's fallen to his backup role with most of the main guy and most of does have the skill set to be that he's just been perpetually injured you know but I don't I don't think it's Raheem most hurt anymore I think it's Raheem most attempts um, Raheem play- must start Raheem must start would have been well better um, <laughs> they play the Jets this week again not a team that scares you two is going to be out so they'll have Teddy Bridgewater managing the game for them and I think they'll lean on that Mike McDaniel running scheme to, to win the game yeah and I hope I said it on the podcast for so we've got receipts I called this to remember. I said all Raheem Mostert does is come out on top of crowded backfields. I said it multiple times. You did, you did say you did that, say but, yeah, but all yeah. but all Raheem Mostert also does is get injured for the season. Yeah, the guy's got juice though. He's got juice, so uh, I like that a lot. What about you, Sharps? Uh, I've gone for Dalvin Cook, running back of the Minnesota Vikings, a man that many would have assumed would have been a forget about it this season. Yeah, it's been a very a cold slow take. Start. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, he's not on the list, Lou, so um, <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, yeah. is it? Uh, listen, yeah, is, is it a cold take because of the name? I do understand that, but it, it has been a really slow start for him. Um, but I think that's mainly due to the fact that there's a lack of touchdowns. I think we must see some positive touchdown regression. Um, purely from the amount of carries he's getting. I mean, apart from week two when he got injured, he's had 20, 17 and 20. You can't give a ball to someone like that that much and him not score a touchdown for that long. So as as we mentioned before, whether whether it'll go the distance, you know, maybe has declined a little bit. But I think this particular matchup, the Bears have given the eighth most points to fantasy running backs. I think this could be his breakthrough game. Delvin Cook. And if it's cold, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like that, Sharples. Um can I just say, there's a term in there which which is a bit of a pet peeve of of mine, and it's a term that fantasy analysts use all the time: positive regression. Can we be the first NFL fantasy podcast that uses the well-renowned term progression? I'm I'm glad you raised that point, Lewis, as I hoped you would, because I do remember you uh, mentioned that a few weeks ago. I googled it. Um, <laughs> I googled it. Positive regression is returning to average. So 
you give someone that many carries, on average, they're going to score more touchdowns than he did. So progression is improving. Positive regression is such. And uh, you're welcome. Thank you for that. Thank you, Sharples. <laughs> School's in that. session, son. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that cold take and even colder burn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Damien Pierce. Uh, he really looks like that steal of the draft that uh, everyone thought he was going to be. His rushing yards have increased every game and admittedly, okay, he's not going to go mental uh, every week like he did against the Chargers last week with 131 yards. But I, I hate it when people say, Oh, yeah, he had 131 yards, but 75 of them came on a touchdown run. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I get what you, I get what you're trying to say, but he did that. You know, mm. he, he did that 75-yard run. That was him. So why, I don't get why that's held against him because there's not many running backs in the league who can bust off a 75-yard touchdown run, and clearly Pierce is one of them. You know, it... It does look like Burkhead for the moment still has a third down work, but the receiving work is 50-50, if not trending in Pierce's direction. So I think the the third down work, it's only a matter of time before Pierce gets that as well. And I don't know about you guys, but I just think he looks like a really good player. Mm. He looks really good. Um, Very good matchup against Jacksonville. So yeah, get Damian Pierce in there. Don't worry about it. On to the actual games in week five now. Um, car! Car! <laughs> what was that? What, what what on earth was that? Oh, I don't know, but it... Oh, it can only be one thing, boys. It is the return of Birdwatch. Yes, welcome Ooh. back. Everyone's favourite section of the podcast, which are in the New Orleans Saints quest to become the first team in NFL history to beat all five bird mascot teams in the same season. Uh, week one against the Falcons was a triumphant victory. We now look ahead to week five against the Seahawks. Saints favoured by 5.5 points. In my opinion, should be a comfortable 2-0 uh, start to, to Birdwatch, boys. What are we thinking? Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna come through this section of the bird gauntlet unscathed. As long as they're healthy, yes. Um, I think, I don't know, if, if Winston's out, if Kamara's hobbled, if... Mike Thomas isn't there. It's going to be a bit more of a struggle, but I, you know, I've got everything crossed that the bird gauntlet is is conquered this week. There you have it, folks. Confirmed. Bird gauntlet is on. Back to you, Al. Yeah. Well, really, apart from that, really not many standouts this week. I don't think um, all the good games seem seem like they're on late for us over in the UK, but sharps. Do you have any in the great tier this week? Just the one for me. It would be the Ravens versus the Bengals. Uh, two nice offences there. Hopefully we'll get a lovely, juicy match. Yeah, I'm also going to probably have an eye on Cardinals versus Eagles and Chiefs versus Raiders. But Lou, what do you make of these games? Um, I think the Thursday night game is horrendous. It's horrible. The Colts versus Denver. Um, yep. I, you know... On at one fifteen Friday morning for us, so if anyone's struggling to sleep, um <laughs> chuck it on. Um I think the Chargers and the Browns is a sneaky game that could hit the over because as I mentioned before, the Browns have been scoring a lot of points and the Chargers have actually been sneaky bad on defence this year. Um I do like the Bengals Ravens, as you said, and the other game that I want to give a shout out to is the Rams versus the Cowboys, being a Cowboys fan. I, I think we can do him. 
this Rams defense does not look up to it. I think the Cowboys can genuinely beat them um, this week. Yeah, I, as someone who was hoping for Sean Payton in the off season, I saw like a uh, a post somewhere asking the question whether. Mike McCarthy's coach of the year so far, and I'm like, you know what? I can't <laughs> he, argue against he it. Be, yeah, he might be like Cooper Rush MVP uh, as well. You know, he's four yeah. and zero in his Dallas starting, you know, starting results. So, I, yeah, well, it's you, kind of like what we said last week. If you run the ball all the time with Zeke and Pollard and only throw it to C.D. Lamb, you're probably going to win. And you have a great defense, which the Cowboys are seeming to have yet again this year. Yeah, we, we, we obviously we don't talk about defence much on this podcast, but I think Micah Parsons might be one of the best players in the league. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know, this this year, again, just to delve more into defence, boring. Um but I don't know who woke uh, Demarcus Lawrence up as well, but he's been really good. So yeah, as I said, I'm back in the Cowboys against the Rams. I think I think we I think we beat him. Yeah, um, I'm not watching the Commanders versus the Titans. Who else uh, is in your bottom tier of games, Sharples? Uh, well, I'd firstly echo that is definitely the premier stink fest of the week. Um, <laughs> and as much as it as much as it pains me to say it, I don't know. I'm you know obviously Bird Gauntlet Bros, but uh, I don't think the Saints Seahawks is going to be super interesting. I don't really like the look of Panthers 49ers. And I was torn on this one, but I've settled for the fact that Packers Giants is also going to be a bit of a snooze fest. So yeah, not, not yeah. I think only the one great game for me. A lot of lot of average ones. True, true. I I I did end up watching a bit of the Packers game last week because injuries meant that I had to start Romeo Dubs, and it was actually quite nice watching them because Romeo Dubs looks like a really fun young player. Um, but the Giants are awful, and I can't believe the three and one. But yeah, that's going to do it for us. Anyway, for this week, thank you very much for listening. Any any closing thoughts, lads? Just just chirp up if you've got anything. Um, I mean, I think I think if you're going to step in the arena with someone, you should you should make sure you know the difference between progression and positive regression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, if you're going to step in, I think if you're going to step in the arena. With someone also, <laughs> would you not already be in the arena? If yes, I'm already in the arena in this section. Sharples has just thrown at me his rebuttal of um, my progression versus positive regression, and then I will freeze him with all of his cold takes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we should probably end this sooner rather than later. So, again, thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Enjoy the football. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you later.